a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Indianapolis Supercross Race Review. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com. Please check it out on the web. Their 2017 Kinetic Mesh gear that just launched at Daytona used by all of their riders, is uh, is available now in all sorts of cool colors and everything else. And don't forget, Fly makes much more than gear. They make hard parts, and they make snowmobile gear, and they make personal watercraft stuff, and they make mountain bike stuff. And fly, Go to flyracing.com and just start searching around, people. It's incredible. It's phenomenal. And uh, thanks to Racetech and Michelin as well. Uh, listen to the commercials and uh, learn how to save with those two guys and uh, learn all about their new products. Flyracing.com. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line. The official voice of American Motocross and ATV Motocross and Enduro Cross and Geneva Supercross and Quad Racing and probably some other things. The Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up? Uh, now, officially, I even have a contract in hand that I just need to sign here. Uh, I will be the voice of American Flat Track now as well. Oh, that's right. That's Take right. That. Um, yes. My hockey Can I pop- tell you a little bit about that experience? Can I tell you about this? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, this is the waning moments of Daytona. This is the day or two after we did our last podcast. So I went to the Flat Track opener, uh-huh. actually debut, because they've renamed it Flat Track. American Flat Track's a new name, new brand, new track at Daytona, new teams. Everything's pretty much new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to get a feel for this, trying to learn and go to the pits. A couple riders that I met actually do know some moto stuff so some most of the guys knew my deal are like oh yeah we, we know we've right. heard of you or whatever but still i'm trying to get a feel for it trying to I learn a lot and one day i was walking around and then i just look up to the top of the bleachers and i see one man one man with an msr leather jacket no. and black jeans he's there <laughs> mare dog he's there he's there by himself, standing at the top of the bleachers. <laughs> so I saddle up a bear dog and get a great lesson in everything there is to know about flat track because Joe Bromley of Bromley Suzuki, long time, long, long, long time, Barry Carson sponsor, as we know. Yes, yes. Probably their 36th year together. Joe Bromley, the owner of the shop, his son is a pro in the flat track series, so Barry travels to all the races to help him out. Barry took me to the pits. Barry showed me parts of the bikes, showed me what they safety wired, showed tell me talking about tire pressure and brakes and transmissions, and it was amazing. So, so all Barry okay. did it again. It's it's a complete circle of life. In ninety five, six, seven, Bear Dog is yeah. showing you the way 
to the top at English Town and everywhere else. And now, 2017, Bear Dog is showing you the way in your new career as flat track announcer. It's almost like you could almost see it in a movie. Like, instead, he'd be dressed in, like, a white suit. It'd probably have MSR logos on it. Yeah, yeah. But it's almost like an a- angel. Like, anytime you get into a tough situation, he's just there. He's just there. In a movie, it would probably be like, uh, like, uh, uh, who's the guy? They got a great voice. Somebody with, like, a great voice. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but there's Bear Dog. And, and whenever I'm in a time of need, he just, I turn to my right and he's just there. He's just there. Glad at MSR. <laughs> he actually, uh, his jacket actually said MSR Legend. Um, but I don't know if that means Malcolm Smith Racing, the brand is a legend. Malcolm himself is a legend. No, it means or Bear maybe Dog. It's just him. It means Bear, Bear Dog. Dog. I, I just, wow, Barry's there. He's like just lingering, he's just around. Now, I asked Barry if he ever raced Fletcher, and he said he did try it once down at one of these local fairground places down in Florida uh-huh. one time around Daytona, and he didn't have a 450 to try, so he raced 450s on a 250, but he still pulled the holy. Ah, oh, Bear Dog, of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> but what do you think he was running in that 250? <laughs> <laughs> Someone please please check that. Somebody tear that bike down. <laughs> um So yeah, so you're you're voice of flat track now that's for something else. Um you know, I did that pre show at Glen Helen, the NBC sports pre show with um Jenna Carrado, remember? I did uh J T did oh, yeah. I did uh I did Glen Helen oh. well. I, I had to fill out 12 pages of paperwork to get f- paid $500 by NBC Sports and then get 1099 and everything else. But the cool thing is is I literally told someone, yeah, I've done some work for NBC Sports. I told that to somebody. There you go. I did work there you go. I mean, for NBC can you Sports. Can this hockey connection happen? I mean, I think that's, that's the bridge, man. Well, that's the, my guy and my hockey guy. He does the games for NBC Sports, the, the games that he's not contracted for for the Canadian network. He steps in when NBC Sports needs a guy, much like you. And so Sam, Sam Flood is his boss. And, and I have done the internet pre-show for Glen Helen, NBC Sports, so I'm pretty much the same. You are inches away. Like, you are down to one degree of separation away from making pulp hockey. I believe there's a show on NBCSN called Men in Blazers. It's like a crazy, two crazy yeah. break, um, soccer guys. Yep. I think all it was was a podcast, and it eventually became something on network TV. So yeah. think about it, bro. Now, do think I have to it. wear a blazer? If uh, they already cornered the market on it, so uh, yeah. you know, it'd be yeah. men in uh, cargos, apparently. <laughs> I'm there. I'm in. Count me in. Um, all right, let's go to uh, Indianapolis. Uh, you weren't there again, not there. No, but no. you watched it on TV. Um, I'm gonna be in Detroit and St. Louis back to back. Oh Man. God, I, I'll pray for you. I'll put, a, I'll put a candle out Incredible. for you. Are you going yes. to Seattle? Yes. Is that oh, three in a row? Then that's three in a row. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Um, oh, is Moser making you go to Seattle? That's pretty much it because uh, um, originally I was going to bring my wife out there, mm-hmm. but we just cannot. 
We cannot dump these kids off on two. I mean, that'd be like, uh, I, maybe if it wasn't for the safety of the kids, I would do it to like some um, criminals doing hard time because it would be worse than picking up trash on the side of the road to have to deal with these kids mm-hmm. for three days. Yeah. That was the original Seattle plan. We could not pull it off. Now I'm going solo, and the tickets are, I don't know why, but ridiculously expensive. So why not send a guy from California for cheaper? Because of Moser. Because of Moser, exactly. I um, gotta go. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so, lost in all of this, Ryan Dungey uh, saying it's just a dirt by grace or bigger things in life on the podium, and then kind of letting go in the press conference a little bit. Eli Tomac winning again. That's six and eight, I believe, for Tomac. Uh, six wins on the year as well uh, compared to Ryan's two. Lost in all of this. Ryan rode really well. They had to go through the semi. Marvin Muskan was a long way back. Like, I am I know, you know, much like the other, was it Atlanta, Marv? No, Dungeon 1 Atlanta. Um, Dallas when Marv? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Okay. Marv yeah. was not that far back in Minneapolis before he started coming on and getting Dungey late in the race, which, again, is odd um, to get Dungey late in the race, but... Marv was really far back. So, nice work by him. And again, though, something is up with Dunge because that doesn't happen. We've seen it happen again. 12 points now, uh, the lead. But, um, yeah, that was bizarre to see see Marv catch him from that far back. Yeah, the races are working out the exact opposite of what you would think they would for Ryan Dungey. I mean, the longer the race goes, the later in the race is where he's at his worst. He does his best work at the beginning. You know, this is a guy that we, we've called the diesel and for years was known as taking too long to get going. But, uh, I mean, you could tell. Like, he was freaking trying. Like, we know he was frustrated after Daytona. Mm-hmm. You know, not that he rode bad, but just the yeah. way he... You know, ended up having to come from the back and get roosted and getting fourth. He was mad. And I know the day wasn't going well, but, I mean, that first lap or two, he, he actually passed Tomac a little bit. They went back and forth. Yep. And you were like, dude, he's going to freaking try. He's not going for points tonight. He wants to beat Tomac. He tried. He tried. He tried. Uh, he kept trying. Even closed back in again. Probably, what, around halfway? Started making a little run. Yep. You're like, oh, wait, maybe Dungeon got something. But just like Minneapolis and just like a lot of these races, man, the last, like, 25% mm-hmm. of the races this year, they've been bad. And it's just so undunge like and, and, and I know we, we, we thought we had an inside line and thought, okay, it's the track's breaking down. And maybe that is it. Maybe that is it. But it's just so puzzling. It almost seems like any answer we get isn't going to be good enough. Like, is it? could it be just the tracks? I mean, well, not only did Marvin catch him from way behind – but that's when Tomac did all his damage. I mean, he kept Tomac honest for 15 minutes, say. Mm-hmm. And then the last six or eight yeah. or something like that or so, well, Tomac just yarded them then. That's weird. Yeah, laps 10, 11, 12, Dunge caught Tomac all those laps, making a little uh, – N13, sorry, N13. Making a little run yeah, at him, and go. then uh, yeah, yep. that was it. Uh, uh, Tomac matched him for the next few and then and then slowly pulled away. And, and I got- feel like that Minneapolis race was kind of the same yep. thing. yep. Uh, Dunn's kept them on us for a little while, then it completely fell apart. But again, like Marv, uh, Oakland, Marv was way yep. back, way back. <laughs> That's weird, though, because <laughs> what's also lost is the first two or three laps, Marv was right there. Yeah. Like, what the hell happened to him? Yeah. He, I know he didn't get around Baggett, but I mean, 
the first two laps were furious. I mean, I thought Marv was going to pass Dunge then. And then he fell so far behind. I'm like, huh, what happened? So I'm just confused as to how that, how did he fall so far behind? Yeah. He, and then how did he catch well, up? It wasn't really a matter. Like, Baggett was riding really good. Like, it wasn't right. a matter of, you right. know, Baggett holding like a Vince Freeze thing. Where are you? Like, listen, Vince causes bottlenecks for sure. Uh, or Mike does. Uh, but. But that was not this case. Baggett was on it and riding really well. But those two yeah, guys, yeah, that's th- what I'm saying. Yeah, those two guys were pushing. People might just think he got held up. He didn't get held up. He just didn't ride good, and then he yeah. started riding good. It was very strange. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you what. But, this is yeah. Yeah. This Something's is, up. But yeah. It's just, yep. And I think the problem now is just the way the points are working. Just because Dungeons had several opportunities to rectify this, several opportunities to battle Tomac, and he keeps. I mean, not even really able to. I mean, by the end, he's not really close. Um, I, yeah, it's starting to get really serious now. And I think as Guns has become great at not showing that he's worried at all. I mean, you didn't see any fear whatsoever with Roxon at the beginning of the year, and I don't think you really saw it with Tomac up until now. Like, it's just getting too hard to, to deny. Like, yeah, uh, I got nothing for this dude right now. What am I going to do? Yeah, no. Well, he's better have something for Marv, but that's not working out. Marv, yeah. I mean, he's almost yeah. in a way fortunate that Marv's been sick the last couple of weeks, and obviously he's over that now because um, he's right yeah. back to where yeah. he was before. You know, um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's bizarre. Yeah. So, does Tomac win this thing? We have uh, we have six six rounds left. Well, we still go back to what you've been saying, which is he just doesn't have any margin for error, like. It, all he has to do is have a what Dunge had in Daytona, you know, and that's that's going to have to tip it. So it's still going to be tough, right? Yep. If he gets a fourth one time, he's in big trouble. But it's just – I was kind of talking about this for the last couple of weeks. You know, a lot of riders have said – and is one of the guys that always said this, you take momentum over points anytime. And I think it's like when you got two guys and the, the points are fairly close and you're the guy who can't beat the dude – you have to be worried. Like, I, I can't beat the guy straight up. I have to hope that he screws up. Like, and that's yeah. all you can do. You can't force him in a mistake. Yeah. You can't. You just have to hope that something goes wrong. Uh, and it might very well might. I, I think winning. What does he need to win? Six in a row to end the season. Yeah. That would it be? Yeah. Wow. Would it be six or eight? Well, no. Would it be? No. You mean Tomac? Yeah. Well, now he had to win out, but now with this third place, he probably just needs to win um, five out of the last six, you know, or whatever, whatever it works out to be. Well, you know what I mean? I don't like doing that math. I'm just saying. He's, right. he's won, what, two in a row now? Yeah. Three in, in a row. Three in a row, I believe. Three in a row. So he would win eight in a row if the season ended, if he won out. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, he's won three in a row now, and there's uh, six left. There's so five left? Nine. Six left. There's six left. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Winning nine in a row is freaking hard. Yeah. Like, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Winning nine in a row is hard. So, I, it's very hard to say that he's a favorite right now. And I know he doesn't need to win nine in a row, but God, just knowing that all you can do is hope the other dude screws up. It's kind of like, like taking on James Stewart. I mean, yeah. I know that. Carmichael and Reed thought they had their ways of combating him. But let's be honest. You just did the best you could and hope he wanted it. Yeah. That's pretty much yeah. what you did. So I think that's where Dungy's at right now. If he was going to get him, 
he had every chance at Indy. I mean, that was the opportunity he was waiting for. Like, it started oh. together. He, he freaking gave it everything he had he, for the first five laps. He missed, uh, he missed one practice session with a crash uh, under the concrete. His bike was jacked up. He didn't qualify yep. well. He didn't ride well in the heat. He got yeah. beat by your guy, Brayton, in the semi, by the way. Yeah. Full celebrating. Mm-hmm. And then, so, you know, he goes to the gate with the uh, 13th pick. And wouldn't you know it, he pulls the start. And I'm like, look at this. Clutch ride right here. Like, coming through. Um, you know, when he was off his game. Like, I'm, like he's got first or second yep. right here in his hands. And we, we saw what happened. So, you know, he he had a bad day. And it, it was a bad main event going from, you know, right behind Tomac and in, briefly into the lead to uh, to third. And, and a ways back of Marv. So, um, I don't know I if he's... Yeah. that you're building this Marv thing. That's almost a bigger impact to you than... Yes, the, the, because, okay, yeah. Tomac beating him in raw speed, cool, whatever. His teammate at two races, catching and passing him from a ways back, and beating him in one race just straight out uh, uh, in Atlanta when Marv won. Like, this is um, unheard of a little bit. We just don't normally see this kind of thing. You don't catch and pass Ryan Dungey late in a race. Maybe you do it once in Minneapolis, but now it's been twice. And right. I'm alarmed at, you know, Dungey getting dropped a little bit at, after the end. Like, he's powerless. So, yeah, that's – so. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. But, but Tom has always known that if he gets to train on the tracks – it almost doesn't matter who you are. He's yeah. going to be tough to stop. It's it's a little start. bit. It's a little yeah. bit RV Dunge, just different guy on a green bike. Uh, well, honestly, that's uh, now that Dunge finally cracked a little bit here in the press conference. You know that he even alluded to that, where he said, "You know, I'm not going to let this get me down." I know what it was like to be finishing second to RV all the time, and it made me want to quit the sport. So uh, that's he's kind of got this unsolvable riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It's pretty crazy, man. This Tomac run. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. It's just unfortunate that we didn't get to see. Well, we might never see this Tomac Roxon square up. It was yeah. amazing that the one dude had his good races and the other dude had his good races right after. Yeah. There's a few people out there that think that's co- that's not coincidental. Like that got Tomac Roxon is in head or something, which seems man. absolutely preposterous. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just unfortunate that those guys essentially will have gone fast all season, but we'll have never seen them go fast in the same night. Uh, and what would have happened? And, and um, truthfully, Roxon, yeah. I think Roxon will come back fine. But who knows, man? It's it's going to be a long road for him. You know? So. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Just it would have been interesting just to throw that in there. Um, Tomac's on such a freaking roll right now. Like, would he, even Roxon also like done? You'd be like, dude, I got nothing for this guy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It seems crazy. Yeah. But I didn't think Dunge would be in that position either. No. No, yeah, it's 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 nuts, man. Twelve points now and you know, Dunge's gotta be frustrated. He's just he's just not riding well. He's not riding like he can or he used to or whatever it is. If it's Roxon's crash, I don't believe it is. If it's the tracks that kinda I found out or, you know, did a little bit of digging. Uh, yeah. uh I, you know the indie Weege, by all accounts, the people I talked to about Indy Track um, did not break down as bad as uh, concrete showing in one spot. Uh, they did 27 laps, you know, lap, short lap times, but for whatever reason, it held up. Um, Monster Jam was yeah, in I was amazed because so. I, I I thought for sure this was going to be the worst one of the year. Yeah, no, um, it was not. 
how, how did they – I mean, last year the ruts were terrible. I mean, Toronto, sometimes the ruts are as bad as the dirt is soft, but they've got a little bit more floor there, so the laps – wouldn't, there wouldn't be as many laps. Yep. So he told me 27 laps at Indy. I'm like, oh, oh boy. Watch, good luck watching Duro cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you – Do you? I I mean, the coster's old school, you know, as old school as it gets, but do you tell Marv, like, hey, man, we need some help? Or, or is, do you save that for just Vegas? I think they will. Like, if you're asking me what they should do, yeah, I'd be like, you got to help us out. <laughs> I just got to get second. But I don't think they'll do it. I don't think they'll do it. Maybe yeah. They'll, again, yeah, maybe in Vegas. Right. But um, I bet you 100 bucks right now. How do you know how important that is to me? If you ask Roger, he would say, uh, Ryan has to beat them. That's what he has to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right. If, if you, you want to win, you have to beat them. If you cannot beat them, you, then you don't you deserve, you don't win the title. That that uh, You must beat them. So. <laughs> that would be it. Yeah, you're right. So, I remember um, when you asked him the tracks in Atlanta, and he just said, uh, it's the same for everyone. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Trying to get deep into him. He says, yeah, not, not having it. Um, nope. Uh, so Baggett led a couple laps, uh, pulled the whole shot, qualified well again, um, looks good out there. But he made another mistake like Toronto, like a few other races we've seen where he makes these small mistakes. Atlanta, I th- did he not tip over even in Atlanta when he got third? I feel like he did. Maybe not. I think uh, he might be right. Yeah. I, th- I thought he tipped over. But anyways, um, he's he's really, really good. That's your guy, Weege, by the way. But he, like, I yeah. feel like if he rides, if he's pushing, he's pushing it to stay with those guys. And he can. He can ride that limit. He can, he can push it. He can ride with those guys. But he's almost like he's at, like, 95% and the other guys are at 90. You know what I mean? And it just takes one mistake. But, man, is he riding good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that you keep seeing these crashes. It's like he has this speed and he's not quite sure how to corral it. Yeah. And I think the rare times when he gets to start and doesn't crash in the first lap, which has been most of the races this year, but the rare times where he gets it, yeah, yeah he doesn't quite know exactly how to handle that situation. Like, he can go that fast, but you're right. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that every time he's been there, he's had a crash, just yeah. probably from going for it. Right. Um, uh, Tom Baggett. It is, it, Tom Baggett. Yeah. Yeah, I see him in the morning. My guy, my guy was at the house. I saw my guy. I prepped the outdoor track for my guy. I'm like, I heard all I about it. I heard all about it. They did. They prepped. they prepped the outdoor track. It will not be used for months. It has not been used in months. They prepped it so I could see it. Yep. He said he went out there at 7 a.m. And, yeah, just, I'm like, yeah, that's your guy, Weege. That's your guy. All right. I do, I, I do not. I don't know what I didn't deserve this, but it is called El Chupacabra Ranch. So <laughs> it is. It oh is. yeah. Um, what do you think happens, Weege? What do you think? We don't know. Six races left. Do you think Tomac does it? I think I'm still going to put my money on Dunch. I still am. I'm going. I'm, been, I'm going Tomac. Yeah. I'm switching. I'm, wow, I'm, really? I'm, I'm jumping. Yep, I'm jumping. Dude. And I know I'm the one saying I take momentum over points uh, anytime, but I still feel like you just can't, as always, you cannot put on paper, you cannot predict results six weeks in advance. And I, I, something weird's going to happen. Neither of them are going to have perfect races six times, or something's going to happen to one of them. Yep. And I still believe this is the worst you're going to get at the bench. It's the worst you're going to get is this third. And uh, I'm still waiting for the weirdo. 
you know, what kind of what happened there? What was that in, uh, yeah, but in like, Dallas? We each, Tomac's starts are good. Tomac's qualifying uh, is good, true. you know? It's true. Um, I think he does it. I think because Dungey's not clearly the second fastest guy. Like, maybe Baggett beats him, man. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think Baggett, I think Baggett, I think Baggett can we be a real series in our hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. I mean Baggett's running that fast. It's like once he figures out how mm-hmm. to put it together perfectly for 22 laps, mm-hmm. uh, which is got to be coming. I mean he's getting better every time at this. Yep, uh, it could definitely happen. Um, I don't know. I just see like oh, first turn crash for Tomac. This is going to be tough. Right, right. Somehow Dunn just able to avoid that stuff. He was caught in it in Daytona, and I'm like, man, when was the last time? That Dungey was in a first-turn crash. Like he just somehow avoids that crap. Yeah. Um, well, it's been two years since he got since he got a fourth place. He's had two of them this year. There, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's tough to call. I'll still I'll still go with Dunge, but I don't want to take anything from Tomac. This is amazing, and this is really the first series we've had. We got ourselves a series here in years. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, Dungey's just mowed these guys to the ground with his speed and consistency. Just. Just yeah, them. and yeah. then before that RV, I'd say you got to go back to 2011, the greatest season of all time. If you saw the banners, uh, oh yeah, in Vegas that year, right? It's that you're like flip a coin between some guys with five or six races to go. Yeah, it's really hard to pick. Um, all right, uh, Sealy rode well, got fifth, but he was way he was a ways back. He didn't get a great start, and by the time he got into fifth, got by Millsaps and Reed, uh, those guys were gone. They lapped up to the, they lapped Barsha, yeah, I think they lapped Barsha. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, they might have lapped Anderson even. Did they lap Anderson? I think they did. Uh, I think they did. I got confused which one was Wilson and Anderson because they kind of swapped at one point. Yeah, yeah they were going out. The uh, yeah, they lapped yeah. Anderson. So they lapped Anderson in ninth. Uh, so Tickle was the last guy in the lead lap in eight. Tickle rode really well. Uh, came from way back to get eighth and and was on Reed and Millsaps by the end of the race. Tickle Tickle rode well. You won't hear yeah. much about it, but um, but yeah, yep. like and I I said to Chase Stallo in the press box, what if you told Anderson and Brayton and Kennard, Bogle, hey man, you're gonna get lapped and nothing's gonna happen to you? They would have punched you in the face at Anaheim one, like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like nothing's gonna go ha- nothing's gonna go wrong. You're just gonna start so so, and and you will be lapped. <laughs> wow. Well, the one that the one that needs the most talk here is Anderson. This is it's just really not going well. I and mean, then it's even stranger when you look at. I mean, the Alden Baker thing. It's the, the, the dude in the association with the guy. Like, it's like you can't even talk about them without mentioning their trainer. But uh, while <clears throat> Marvin's improving and. Zacho is improving, and as much as Dunge has had any issues, uh, he's had great success with him. Um, it's kind of weird that Anderson has kind of just not put it together this year. Um, haven't been terrible, but mm-hmm. we definitely haven't seen anything. What do they got? One podium? Yeah, two. Nothing like we expected. Two. Two, Nothing I, like we yeah. expected. Yeah, thirty points two. down on Sealy. Like he's he's been good for sure, but yeah, you really thought he would take a step up, you know. Yeah, and uh, JT's not on this call for you to rub it in, but it's the starts are just gone. Like it used to be, he mostly got bad starts, but occasionally got a yep. good one. Yep. Now they're just all bad, all bad. I don't think he's had one good one except I think he almost had a decent one in Toronto, and then he got run into and had broken spokes. So literally, that's a bad start in pretty much every main event. 
Um, Broken spokes, good track in yeah. Ohio. Good track in Ohio. Broken spokes, I hear about that, yeah. yeah. So I'm just puzzled. The Anderson one, if we did the surprise disappointment of the year right now, you'd, I, I feel like you'd have to pick him. I mean, I think he'd have two wins, not two podiums. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. He, yeah. When's the last yep. time he was fighting for the lead in a main event or whatever? Like, it's been – Yeah. I don't even know if he has been. He's gotten, like you said, yep. two podiums. Like said, but, he, yeah. yeah. Like you said, he did start right back, but lapped? Like, really? Lapped, yeah. Like, again, it's just bizarre. Um, Him and and his teammate Wilson had a good battle for a while. Barsha and Wilson had a good battle for a while. And uh, Millsaps and and Reed. Reed started near the front, I believe. He was probably like, yeah, like right around the top five. And he dropped back a little bit. Went down in practice pretty good, I guess. So I don't know what was worse, though, him going down in practice or his all-new Fox – Helmet that is, you know, as Kenny Roxon said, the next level in safety. The visor blowing off. Yes, the magnets need stronger magnets, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't know. I think Jay, that might have made JT's whole entire night just watching the visor fly off of the of the new Fox helmet. <laughs> he on that. Uh, it's great. Um, um, Reed's trying. It's uh, just not there. Like yep. it's not there. Like he's. I know the stars have not been great, um, but there just hasn't been any proof except for that one glorious night at Glendale. Yep. That he, it's, he's kind of where Sealy is right now, riding good, but there's a clear delineation um, between that level. Mm-hmm. And honestly, right now, I, I know I made him get too excited about one race, but I mean, Millsaps and Baggett are almost making the argument that they're the next set of guys. Yeah. Yeah, Davey's been consistently good, great. for sure. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really like Davey almost mowing me down when I was walking back to my car at the end of the night. Not a fan of that, but... Oh, I'm sure he was a fan, though. Yeah. Um, he, he, he loved it, though. I'm sure he would have loved it if I had accidentally slipped and he ran me over. Yeah, yeah, he loved it. Um, yeah. I was all in on Mookie, bro, in the heat race. Did you see him? Did they show him much? I haven't watched oh. the show yet. Those whoops? He was, un- oh. he was unbelievable. Oh. He was oh. great. He, he and he got passed early, early in the early in the heat. He got kind of dropped a little bit, like he got bumped around a little bit and dropped back. And like you're like, oh, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, has, it wasn't a great day for him. He got he was in seventh at one point. Um, and then he got in and he he got by Canard, I believe, into into qualifying spot. And he was so good. He was so good. Yeah, it's it's frustrating when you see a guy is capable of doing that. You know. It's one thing I feel like we've always known that there's guys who, oh, when the day is on, they just can't be beaten or they're just incredible. We've heard it about dudes like Hanny or uh, or Robbie Rain or you know, Wyndham maybe. Mm-hmm. But with Mookie, it's almost different because you literally see it. Like you literally see it go through those whoops. Yeah. Unlike anybody else. And you're like, oh, my God, why does this not result in anything yeah. in the main event? Like, he, how does this not? Yeah. I spoke to him a little bit. I spoke to him for a while after the main event. We talked for a long time. He told me that he busted you at the drive at the driveway. He thinks yeah. he, he thinks that new Kyle was flying a drone over his house before, and, that, and he wasn't sure, but he thinks he busted you guys flying a drone over his house. Um, we did not have a drone, and, but uh, uh, we had a yeah. And we uh, shot photos forever. Yeah. Right. And uh, 
we talked for a while. He and he, he hurt his hand right in the first practice, right with Alessi. His hand was kind of swollen. He crashed twice. He blew up three radiators and a radiator brace, apparently, in practice. I never saw these crashes. I didn't even notice them. Um, so it was going to be a rough day anyways, and, and then it went rough. And he was very frustrated after the race. But, oh, that heat race. I put I t- was tweeting for Racer X. I just put all caps. Mookie Fever has struck. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Those hoops are nasty. I mean, it was – I don't even know what to say. There's just certain things he does where I'm like, yeah. God. They, it's like yeah. no one else is doing that. Even his brother, I don't think. Yeah, they, they were big, but they got – they were bigger in practice, man. They were really big, so – once again, the track the track guys just just blow me away. They they had this little step up uh, dragon back thing before triple, and a lot of the unseated two fifty guys couldn't get over the triple, so they don't modify it or anything. They just, they just plow it for the next set of practices. So now you you have uh, forty feet of flat ground that you're just hitting it. And I'm just like, oh look look something that's really hard and took some skill, and only the elite. I want to say, you know. 15, 20 guys in the TV class could do this, could could do this, you know, only those guys. But uh, let's move it. Let's mow it down. Just shaking my head. I'm just like, what are they doing? God, these guys. So it was a really cool obstacle anyways until they mowed it down. What's, what's amazing is, is there a rep? For, I mean, these dudes just get beat up every week for something, and mostly it's for making changes without explaining why uh, they made it. I don't even know who who – I don't know. Who would yeah. you be explaining? Not, no idea. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I know, I've talked. I've talked to plenty of riders who've said that they say things and nothing gets done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll look into it, and then nothing happens. Yeah, so. I just feel like when you get beat up that much, you're almost like entitled to. Can you defend yourself here? Can you? Can we finally get your side of the story? But whose side is it? I don't even know. Yep, I don't know either. I just. I, yeah. I mean, the two fifty guys were the unseated guys were struggling to get the, to get the triple right. But okay, all right, yeah. You know, too bad it's super costs. So, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about the majority of the show is based around what works for the guys who win the 450 class. Yep. And then it's, that decision is made on the almost exact opposite. Mookie, I, I, I was talking to Mookie, and I'm like, "What is up with James? Like, what are we doing? Are we racing this year?" And he, he really thought it was really funny how I kept saying "we" over and over. He was like, "Are you, are you, are you on his team?" And I'm like, "I'm a, I said I'm a concerned fan." Um, and I'm like, what is the deal? Like, I know he's got a Honda and I know he's got parts and like, are we racing? And it doesn't seem like we're racing, you know, at any, at all in 17 supercross. And then, and then I didn't even ask about outdoors and they all started laughing. That ain't going to happen. Um, so so the earliest, earliest we see the seven. If we see the seven, will be the Monster Cup on a Honda. All right, uh, you know, we we could probably have a whole show, and we probably should uh, about James. But I feel like the more this gets talked about, the more every person I talk to, including myself, comes to the same conclusion of what should be done, which is okay. We know he still has some skills. He's not fifty years old. Like he can still ride a motorcycle well, right? Um, I don't know if he's out there at. 20 plus one or 30 plus two winning races level sharpness, fitness, all that anymore. But he still has this gift to blow your mind for a lap or for one jump or for one whip. If, couldn't there be a way to engineer? Like, yeah, do Monster Cup. He probably can't do any of these, unfortunately, off-season races because he's no-showed and burned them before. But if you did Monster Cup, 
if you did uh, straight rhythm, if you did Bercy, you threw up some crazy stuff on Instagram, you showed up at some regular supercrosses, came out for opening ceremonies and did some scrubs, you could still do that and you could still blow some people's mind and you would still have a lot of value there. People would pay you a lot of money for that. Fans would be pumped. I think that's where it needs to go. Like, literally everything but the regular races. Right. Well, I was or bringing that up. Race only contract. I was bringing that up. I okay. said, you know, if only there was... Okay. Yeah. If only there was like a main, a big sponsor of his that had like a one-off race that, you know, didn't take a lot of prep for and was just like say a straight line of jumps and, you know. Did they like that one? They had, nobody liked that one. No, no, nobody, nobody thought what? that. But Mookie was funny. Mookie was like, Mookie was like, show him the bike, like sh- to to me from Roger Larson. Show him the bike. Roger's like, no, 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 no. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know. And Mookie's like, nobody cares. Show him the bike. No big deal. <laughs> he goes, I'm gonna yeah. take a photo. I'm gonna take a photo of it and send it to you. And I'm like, yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. And Roger's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so Yeah. You know what? And to be honest, um, I didn't I mean, it was my assignment to go to Florida yeah. and find games. Yeah. And I didn't put Mookie in that position. Like, I did not go to him uh, for info at all. In fact, oh, I did. even when we got oh. busted, yeah, you did, right. When we got busted stalking the gate, we ended up going to dinner with Mookie, and we hung out for like two hours at dinner with him and a couple of his buddies, and me and new Kyle. But I never asked about James, because I feel like Mookie, he knows too much. He doesn't know it because he's like officially James' spokesperson. He just knows it because he's his brother. And I think he, I don't want to put him in the position of having to lie or cover things up. Um, and you can see, because he probably wouldn't even bother <laughs> where the rest of these guys are going to try to keep things secret. No, <laughs> yeah, he didn't care. He didn't care. He was over it. He was over being asked about it. And when I said, like, I'm a concerned fan, he, he started laughing. So, Yeah, I, I, he's probably been in that position too much. He's trying to do his own thing. He knows he doesn't know what he's probably supposed to say or know. Or, um, but that's, that's the unfortunate thing for James. If he's holding out until the point where he's ready to come back and win races, well, we might not ever see him again. Yeah. But no, meanwhile, yeah. there's a lot of great things that he could do. And oh, yeah. as more time passes, okay, I know he's very polarizing. I know half the people love him, half the people hate him. But the more time passes, he's going to be fine. Eventually, if he comes to a damn race and throws some crazy whip in opening ceremonies, people are going to effing cheer. Yeah. Oh. But if you can't come to the races to do that because you're not ready to beat Ryan Dungeon and Eli Tomac, come on, man. Right, right. Yeah, oh, well, we'll see. Um, moving on, Canard uh, came back. I must have missed that PR, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> like, did anybody? It was like, what Canard? Yeah, like, do, do we not put out, like, PR saying this highly paid, you know, factory rider is coming back? I don't know. Anyways, so he came back. Well, they but barely said that he wasn't racing the previous two weeks. It yeah. was like, yeah, uh, it was in, like, four-point font. Has, has Roger written him off already? Is that why? Roger doesn't even know he's on the team. This is Matt Moss all over again. Uh, I, I, the only reason I don't think so, I mean, when you talked to Roger about him in Atlanta, he was pumped on him. Yep. I mean, injury number two maybe changes it, but he was still in the hunt. Okay. Uh, still, still knew who he was and stuff only a month ago, so maybe there's a chance. <laughs> all right, because we do know Roger's famous for that. Oh, oh Matt Moss, yeah. yeah, definitely does not remember him being on the team. No, no, there's zero chance. Um, Tim Ferry, did you remember Ferry? No, he was over Ferry too. By the way, um, 
I went to the JGR truck to like do my little NFAB interview for the pulp show on Monday night and oh. talk to Weimer, get him some more pulp stickers. And I ended up talking to Leroy, who's working for Kyle Cunningham, Lee McCollum. And we yeah. must have bullshit about vintage bikes and, uh, and, and, and all of our issues at, on our teams for probably an hour. It was great. It was glorious. We just, like, we talked about, like, all the early four-stroke teething problems that we both had and all the issues, like, you know, I told him about all these things that was going on at Yamaha that I was just laughing that we couldn't, you know, we were a factory team and we couldn't do this. And he was telling me about Suzuki and how Ferries and Ramsey's bike would literally seize every moto because the ring would catch the exhaust port. And, oh, it was great. We were loving it. Yeah, I've been talking to Leroy a lot this year because I, I, he's the lone survivor. Like, how has he done this? <laughs> yeah, to give people an idea at home. Yeah. These Suzuki teams have imploded. There is nobody, there is nobody left that would have been, say, factories, whatever the factory Suzuki team was, what, four years ago? Yeah. There is literally not one person left yet. Somehow, Lee McCollum <laughs> keeps avoiding it. And here he is, wrenching now for JGR. Still employed, still a mechanic, yep. still getting handed another. He always gets the young guys. He had that brief Larry Ward run. Yeah. But for the most part, he gets Travis Pastrana. He Brian, gets every. Brian Gray. Young Brian, yeah. Brian Gray. And then this year, what has he had? Four dudes already. I know, right? Oh. He had Bichelia, who never raced. So he had Peters. Now he's cutting ass. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Leroy. I don't know how he. I mean. Every other employee from that team last year is no longer at the races. No, no. Rene is uh, Rene survived, but he doesn't have the, the seniority that, that Leroy does. Leroy's been through all the changes, everything. So yeah, okay. So yes, one other guy made it from no, last but, year, but Leroy's been there since the nineties. Yeah, no. Leroy survived everything, like box <laughs> yeah. vans, semis, employees, <laughs> to contractors, to Yosh taking over, to the factory team folding, to. RCH to everything, everything. Leroy, mm -hmm. Suzuki's. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that was good. It was a good time. Good talk uh, yeah. um, with him about laughing. And then Button came by. Button came by for a little bit and started talking about his uh, teething problems on the Yamaha four-stroke and you know this and oh. that. And we we got we got going for a while. It was good times. Um, uh, this is stuff people want to hear more than anything else we've talked about. Yeah, Pastrana stuff. Everything. We're just like yeah, talking about. Uh, Why well, we talked about we talked did talk a little bit about Tim Ferry. Imagine that. Um, yeah. All right, uh, flyracing dot com racer X podcast Indianapolis Supercross. Um, really, the the, the the talk is Tomac Muskan and Dungeon, and that's that's what's going on after this race for sure. Uh, listen to these commercials. Save at Race Tech using Pulpamex seventeen as a code, and also a Michelin Starcross five brand new tire, and of course the folks at Fly Racing, uh, flyracing dot com twenty seventeen and a half kinetic mesh. Out now. We'll be right back after this to talk some 250s. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on Racer X. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time and use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right, if, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. 
Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department, experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back! FlyRacing.com, everybody. FlyRacing.com. FlyRacing.com. Uh, how was Fly Racing represented at the flat track? Well, I got a kick out of... Uh at the end of our last show, JT said, Brad Baker, watch out for him, fly racing. So he's one of the three uh, Indians, which is actually now owned by Polaris. Putting Polaris is putting like billions of dollars into this Indian brand to try to steal Harley-Davidson's market. Um, and I, by the way, cannot believe in this day and age you would even try to invest in a company named Indian, which will probably be protested the moment it actually becomes successful. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so what they did is they basically hired three, the three best guys. So one of them apparently is Fly Racing's Brian Baker. Two of the three riders on the team went one-two, and Fly Racing's Brian Baker crashed in the first lap of his heat race and was out for the night. So I, I, I was so tempted to send JT a text. Other two Indian riders not Fly Racing one-two. Fly Racing guy <laughs> made it through one turn of the heat race. Was was Springer around? Was was he? Is he still kicking around? Jay Springsteen. I don't think he's kicking around normally, but I did see a press release saying he'd be Grand Marshal, but I didn't okay. I didn't see him or notice him. Um right. it's kinda it's kinda weird. Like the I think you've been in that situation, you know, you go there and you're like, I don't you're surprised at the stuff you do know and remember and then surprised at the stuff you don't, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, we're just in the I'm sure when you went to you had to go to road races with Yamaha sometimes, right? I did, yes. And when you'd go, you're not 
completely clueless, but you're also somewhat clued in because it's in your peripheral, and you almost surprise yourself out of what you do and don't know, like names that are familiar, and then you're like, huh, this guy's name said a lot, but I don't even know what he looks like, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. So, um, the the big news in this race was the Osborne-Cincerillo practice incident that left left Adam on the ground in pain with an asterisk medic Alpine star medic ride off the track. Then it was, I got it from some people that would know that's like, it's horns. It's a torn ACL. It's a torn ACL. He's done. And I'm like, Oh man. And then Adam lines up for the next practice and you know, does all right. And then gets fifth in the main and Osborne wins again. But so Adam, what was the reaction when you saw him lined up for the practice? Because yeah, no, because these texting me guys saying torn ACL, yeah, and then we all pretty much had the moratorium on it. It like this, this dude's career is ridiculous. Yeah, he's going to be off for another year. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and then so an hour later when he just pulled back out, what did, what was your reaction? Yeah, well, I I knew he was fine because I went in the Cowie truck to get some coffee or the Pro Circuit truck to get some oh. coffee. So I go in the Pro Circuit truck, and he's there, and and I'm and I'm making coffee and he's standing and walking and I'm like, Oh, you're okay. And he goes, yeah. Why, why wouldn't I be? I'm like, cause he looked like you were in pain. He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then he got on a bicycle and he said, Hey Matt, this is a bicycle. You should, you should ride one of these once in a while. And you know, we, we shot the shit and I'm like, huh? So much for the torn ACL that was rummaging through the pits. Um, but you had it on good authority. We're not going to tell you, tell you your sources, but it's usually someone that, yeah. Going yeah. I don't know, man. Um, but the practice thing, like both of these guys, I would think, I don't know. It sucks when Pulp MX on Pulp MX crime happens because both these guys are on the show a lot and we're, we're friends with them. You are too, both of them. They're good guys. I would think if you put up some truth serum in them, Weege, they're both like, yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb on you know, Osborne hit Adam, but he didn't really hit him first. Then Adam got him before the triple with a pretty good move, and then Osborne retaliated, and that's the one that left uh, Adam gripping his gripping his knee. I, I think if you were to ask both these guys, they'd be like, "Yeah, we're dumb. We neither both of us are dumb." Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of history of of dudes doing this in practice. Certainly not guys at this level with this much on the line. You know, especially when you think Osborne is the points leader and. Adam won the race last week. Like, they're basically battling for the title. Like, I don't think there's a lot of his – maybe a few little shenanigans here and there, but straight-up block passes in practice, is it just me or is that rare? Like, it seems – Yeah, no. I, it's, I, I mean, well, it's, no, it's not rare. These, there's always a point where two dudes who are going for a title, usually in 250s because they're, they're younger and dumber, get into this practice stuff, you know. Um, remember Cooper Webb was getting into it a little bit with Savachi. Oh, that's and right. Stuff. You like, did have your huge – that's right. You had your huge rant on Cooper Webb last year. I forgot about yeah, that. He was angry well, in practice. Because it always happens. Angry. It always happens. You see these two dudes get at it in practice, and you're like, yeah, just – you Well, know. I take it back completely. You're right. It actually does happen a lot. So Yeah, <laughs> but – but Adam and Osborne make it are, less dumb or more dumb. I can't figure well, it out. I don't, I don't think Adam and Osborne are two guys that, you know, Zach and Adam are two guys that, you know, would get sucked into this kind of move. You know, first of all, hey, Zach, you got the red plate. You've won almost every race. You're the fastest guy in the class uh, every time you line up just about. So who cares that, you know, Adam got you back? Like, there's this thing called a race. You're also 30 years old with a child. So let's let's back it down. Now, Adam, you won last weekend. But Osborne's had you covered. 
he's old. He's not going to fall apart mentally or be intimidated by you, you know, who, who won in Daytona and he was, and Osborne was pretty damn fast coming from the back. Osborne is not going to be like, oh, God, what about this Cincerillo guy? Like, he got me in practice. Like, both guys were, you know, you're like, wake up. Come on. Stop it. Like, maybe the J-Law Dungey thing, because you could see Dunge cracking a little bit and making a lot of mistakes, right? So, um, you know, maybe you get that intimidation. You get that kind of that kind of dumbness you understand, but not these two guys. Like, both of them, whatever was going on wasn't going to work. But, hey, it happens. They're young, and, you know, well, Adam's young anyways. So... Yeah, it wasn't going to work, although I, I, I am going to defend Zacco a little bit here because Cincerillo's situation is so unique with the, yes, he got, you know, he, he has not been the equal of Osborne yet. But I think a lot of people are like, but if he can get it all the way back, if he can get a win, if he can get rolling, we don't know where the ceiling is. So I do feel like, again, I was in Daytona for what felt like a month. <laughs> so I'm just bench racing people for days on end. And a lot of people are like, you give him this confidence of this win now. Ooh, oh, this could be dangerous. He's got to win now. So I think there was a little bit of that. And I don't know if Osborne hears it or he just senses it himself. Like, yeah, I got to make sure that I still just let everybody know I'm the boss here. Like, yeah. Slow your roll, everybody. Right, right. Yeah. So I, wow. I, so I maybe defend him wanting to defend his turf. Um, a little more, but in general, no one that's in title contention can, this would be either one of these guys, should be taking any chances of injuries in practice. Um, well, that's the thing, too. Osborne hit Adam in the corner. Normally, that's a move that doesn't do anything to anybody, but he caught Adam right at the right angle or hurt his knee. Adam didn't even go down until he was pushed off the track. Like, normally, that move... That was not a T-bone. That was just a kind of a aggressive block pass. And it happened that Adam caught his knee right and went down. So the move itself wasn't that bad, you know. Like, you know, I don't know. For sure, if he had torn his ACL with that, um, the the fragile chance would have been insane. Because, oh, yeah, yeah. So like it yeah. wasn't the dirtiest move ever. And he didn't even crash. And, you know, like, if that had resulted in I'm out for six months – that would have been a bad look. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, getting to the main event, Savachi rode really well. He almost rode perfect. Uh, unfortunately, Osborne probably did ride perfect. They both really rode well. They lapped well into the into the into the main into the top ten, and really like they were. Osborne was fast on one half. Uh, Savachi was fast on the other. Savachi was taking that line, that outside line at the end of the whoops that Dunge was taking, and it took Dunge switched like twice to go to the inside the inside was faster it really was um and i was surprised dungeon didn't catch on sooner he did a couple he changed a couple times but not soon enough and not enough and same thing with joey like you could be like joey just inside after the whoops inside after the whoops but he just he was going out there and osborne was faster on that part he was faster in those rollers before the whoops and then uh savachi would catch him by tripling onto the table so it was a, yeah. it was a good race by both guys it was an awesome race. Um, you know, one thing to touch on here, by the way, is that this was a live Fox network and in a good time slot and after a NASCAR uh, race. So I'm going to be very curious when the ratings are out. Like, this probably is a big one um, for Supercross. So when that's happening, you're hoping that this new audience gets some good racing. And I'm like, hey, how about this? Osborne and Savachi start together. This is going to be good. And it yeah. really was. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Osborne right now, and I'm the one that's saying that we keep attaching Alvin Baker to these dudes, and you should really just probably be praising the rider, but it reminds me so much of, say, Marvin in this class a couple years ago. Like, Bogle was the champ. Uh, Bogle rode well. Like, Bogle tried hard. Bogle was riding good. But Marv just had it. And we're kind of seeing the same thing to the other guys. Uh, Osborne just has it right now. Like, that was a great race for Savachi, but uh, I mean, he's got to be bummed. He started ahead of him. He ended up finishing behind him. We know no one is harder on himself than Port Savachi, so he must have been super pissed. Yeah. Uh, probably this morning. Probably super pissed at himself. Yep. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, Jordan Smith got third. Wow, Jordan's good, man. Riding well. Jordan is good, yeah. and man, they were running the pace. Yeah, they were. Yep, they were. Him and Amar were right there. Totally. Yep. And then uh, Amar crashing. I guess he had the arm pump again. <laughs> Amar, become a theme. Amar going over the berm. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, he said he arms were like noodles at that point, so he right. took the front. Um. um but, and uh, Adam yeah. kind of yeah. Adam kind of rode in fifth for a while. Ferrandis was third, I think, or. Was Ferrandis third? He was Ferrandis lost three spots in one lap, and you were like, "What's going on? Like, did he tweak an ankle? Did he hit his Did he hit his nuts?" You're like, "What, what is happening?" And then he kind of regrouped himself and got Harrison back, but Ferrandis was up there for a little while, and then dropped dropped way back. Uh, since Cirillo, what led to the what led to the uh, suspicion of hitting his nuts? Where did you guys? Oh no, I don't know. Just something that would like take a few laps to get over with, or would would affect you. You know what I mean? Like I'm like. <laughs> It was really mystifying. Like, it was a terrible lap. Guys were just zooming by him, including Harrison that he later got back. Uh, Craig and Adam kind of rode by themselves a little bit. Craig was right there, um, but you know couldn't make it. Couldn't make a stick. Uh, DV, the, the David Villeman, Christian Craig thing, it isn't over. But DV's not going to the races anymore. You know these guys are switching it up, trying something else. So, okay, we'll see. It hasn't worked out so far for Craig. That's for sure. One podium on the year and a little fortunate uh, at that to get it. So. God, he looks good though. Those whoops, you know, the whoops were big. He was super fast in practice through them, but you know that you know they're getting smaller, and you know they're going to end up jumping through them, and there goes his advantage. So, yeah, the, I would have never thought that in like a twenty-year span that the jumping through whoops has like returned to the forefront as like a must-have yeah. skill. Yeah, Dunge uh, did, and Dunge went early to jumping. Dunge went early to jumping through them. Well, it was another weird sign from Dunge that you saw him literally like every combination to be like blitz one lap, yeah. jump another lap. I think half the time it was. I think I think there was a blitz jump combo <laughs> even at one point. Yeah, um, and it's just like I don't know. All those are just little signs, and we're probably reading way too much into this, but just little signs of like just trying to figure stuff out. I mean, the, God, I would if he asked me a year or so ago, I'd have been like, Marv's going to be a guy that's just going to jump these moves. He's done. Like, that's a liability. You'll never succeed in Supercross jumping through whoops. But now it's actually become, like, an asset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they show on TV the the 12-man pileup, I think, on lap one? Um, maybe it was lap two. I think it was lap one. Over uh, I think you just saw, like, uh, the rhythm? I don't know, kind of like helicopters out of Nam. You oh, just saw, dude. like, kind of an aftermath and, like, <laughs> some dude's legs sawed off and stumps. There was like eight guys um, down, bikes everywhere, bikes all across the track. I almost, I, I seriously thought there was going to be a red flag because no one's going to be able to get by. But lo- everyone got up and scattered back into the race. But holy crap, dude! I don't know even know what happened. I got to watch it again or something. So, 
Yeah, they were all like kind of chilling out on a table, I think, like a tabletop yep. in the middle. Like yep. just bikes and bodies just everywhere. <laughs> and the leaders like jumping on their legs. Uh, yeah. yeah was, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, the track was, the track looked pretty technical, at least from what I could see. Like the timing, getting one jump wrong. It seemed a little, the transition seemed steep and short. And yeah. seemed like they would bite you. Pretty easily. Yep. Uh, team uh, Ty Loop Honda did not have a good night. Wentland and Norn both crashed out. Bummer. Uh, I, I may or may uh, not have had them in my fantasy team. Cole Thompson also crashed out late in the I race. Think. So, um, Resland had a horrific pl- practice crash where his bike was destroyed. His bike was in a hundred <laughs> pieces. So, I, was, I, I texted him like, "Are you okay?" Like thinking maybe someone, his mom would text me and be like, uh, or some his girlfriend, mom or whatever, and be like. Uh, please, uh, you know, send flowers in lieu of, of, of money. You know, he's dead. So <laughs> he was okay. So he's all right. Yeah. Dakota Alex. Uh, no, I don't think they got this giant pile up. I don't think so. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of another one later on. Oh. There were two guys down oh, on geez. the table. No, no, no. There was yeah. so many dudes down on the, uh, the corner, uh, r- whoops, left rhythm. Then you make that left, that 90 left on that rhythm right there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Dakota Alex got a, got on a Rocky Mountain ride for the rest of East Coast. Who knew? All of a sudden, I yeah. just got hit up on Twitter, and I'm like, what? Huh? JT didn't tell me. Or Forrest, yeah. Forrest Butler didn't tell me. So, yeah. I mean, I hung out with Forrest for quite some time at Baggett's house on Tuesday, and he just went on and on about how bummed he was about how it didn't work out for Benny and how good that would have been, um, and told me plenty of insider stuff. Like, it wasn't like he was holding anything back. Did get some? Maybe got signed on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you're like, yeah. Nice little heads up on that. Would have, would have wore to work, right? Well, just because he was so bummed that they had this shot in the 250 class, and now it's just gone. Yep. And yep. it seems like he bring up. Oh, but we are going to race it again. Kind of surprising. Like I didn't, because I just thought that Benny, like they didn't really plan on doing a 250 team. Forrest and his boys there, they just like Benny, and he's not ready for 450 Supercross, so they just did it for him. Right, I didn't think they'd right. do it for anybody else. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, what about yep. that 450 LCQ? What about oh, J- God. J- JT? Thank God you brought it up. I was about to. JT's mom was in the tower with the cat's bike. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious? Jeez. Oh, that was everything in LCQ. That, that was... That was the ultimate LCQ. That is the dictionary of 450 LCQ. Right. Two privateer island guys taking each other out on the last lap, and then another one getting in. And Clayson being just short again, again, uh, and <laughs> it's like this time he's got it. Um, the cat was stingy though, man. Cat was cat was making it tough on everybody around him. That he whole was, race. yeah, I know. A bunch of guys weren't very happy with Cat on the island. Uh, yeah, they weren't so super stuck with the way he was riding. So. Yeah, I got a ray too. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no, yeah, believe me. And seven deuce deuce <laughs> sneaks it in. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. I mean, it was such good television. Like I said, I'm thinking of this stuff because I know that there's probably a super sized audience watching this, and I'm like, if anyone wants to know what this 450 LCQ is all about, yeah, no, there it is. Two yeah. guys taking each other out in the last. And I mean, Clayson had about a twenty percent chance of that working out. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a move that was like, oh yeah, dude. Like you know, you you almost had it. Oh no, no, 
that was probably not going to work and it was going to end up exactly how it happened there was no <laughs> there was no room there nothing was going to happen but you know hey last turn whatever you you do it but you know but i mean the cat kind of had it coming to him from other, the way he was riding you know the other way so yeah. yeah, if you watch the whole race, there were plenty of times where someone got like half a wheel on the inside there and then just was like, yeah, this ain't going to work. Like, I think Dunge had it maybe even twice on reading that heat race. Yeah. But it's like, I got a wheel. No, it's not there. Yeah. yeah. It's not there. No, no way. <laughs> but it's different in the last lap of the LCQ. And, and Who knew uh, that, that uh, announcer, that the, sorry, that manager stand or whatever that is, is that stout? Oh, that's, that's where the scoring is. That's where Cindy is. <laughs> the old manual hand scoring still exists. Yes, still exists, and it's Cindy Thomas. When was the last time it was referenced? When was the last time they had to go to the backup scoring? <laughs> Good question. It's a great. Well, no, they had to go to the backup scoring when the Canary Pike LCQ in Daytona. Is that backup scoring, or is that just like asking them what they saw? Like, well, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what the paper they well, write down. Oh, yeah, yeah no, not, yeah, yeah, just what you saw, right? Or did they all write down? I don't know. Uh, pike number. I don't, I don't they know. They just went to the sheets and said everybody had pike. They all had pike. These are the same people that just put earth for their hometown. And some for some reason, <laughs> Muscan's Muscan's hometown has been Claremont all caps all year long. Not sure why. It's always says Claremont all caps. Yes, everybody else is lowercase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nobody. Everything else is fixed and normal. And for some reason, Mar was from Claremont. So. <laughs> it's a very happy time. Yeah, exactly. Very happy. Um, yeah. yeah, Chisholm was telling me like that he was following Schmidt in the LCQ, and he saw what was going on behind him, and he's like, Schmidt wasn't trying that hard, and you know, and he's like, "Go, bro, they're coming. These animals are coming, like the cat and Clayson and <laughs> Ray, and like God knows if you get caught up in that, like what could go down, you know?" So, well, I can't remember what combo of dudes. The same finish line, two dudes jacked each other and Chiz just jumped right over him. Was that was that Clayson and Cat? Oh, I don't remember. That? When was that? That's how that's how Chiz got in. Like Chiz oh, was yeah. on the outside. No, that was Cat and Ray. Oh, it was Cat and Ray. Yeah. yeah. You sure? Yeah, I think and so. And then Ray then Cat knocked Ray off the track. Yep, and then Ray <laughs> rode on. alongside this thing, came back on and got knocked down again. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm, I'm not not at all. Am I even I'm not criticizing the cat here. Like, no. this is 450 LCQ racing. This is, anything goes. This is NOM. There's no rules. <laughs> you just, you just, whatever you can do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, what else? What do we got? What else we got? Um, I think that's about it. I wanted to uh, want to tell you about the stew thing. That was pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, we were stalk- we were stalking, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I was, pretty, I was pretty straight up about it. You what? I was straight up about it. I mean, I didn't. What are you gonna say? Well, we were laughing at you stalking him because, like, go to Orlando where Stu lives. That's where you you know he's ain't gonna be the track. Like, he's not motoring down after Daytona. The day after Daytona, like you're not catching. Oh him. yeah, that was. Trust me, that was strictly for art art purposes of having photos. <laughs> right, right. Um, and. Let me look. I try not to go this far. Could I have gotten his address in Orlando? Yes. Am I actually going to go to his house and hope I catch him walking out to get the mail and like say like, "Hey, dude, are you racing?" Like, come on. No. What are no, you TMZ? Are you TMZ? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm sure I could have figured out a way to do that, but 
that's just not the way this sport operates. Maybe TMZ does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I have three texts into Dunge in the last little while, and like I haven't probably done it for a month or two, month and a half, um, and he's never replied. So what am I going to do, right? Like, that's it. I, I I can't get the guy to talk to me back, and you know, um, I know people who have texted Stu, and he's not replying. So like, what? Yeah, we're not TMZ, bro. Like. That's what these guys don't yeah, want to, I did try. Yeah. I, I made sure that the number I had still does work with some people that do get responses from him, and the number I have is still correct. I texted him, but you know what? I, I, I don't put too much pressure on Stu right now because unlike every other time where he doesn't get back to people in general, he's no longer employed by anyone. So he doesn't have he doesn't have to yeah. talk to anybody. He doesn't right. feel like it. Yeah, uh, it's one thing when you ha- when you're literally on a team and you have sponsors. Or I mean, the stories are endless of. This deal was on the table and it was going to happen, and they no showed, or it didn't call somebody back. But uh, now, yeah. I mean, it's well, prerogative. He doesn't want to do anything. What do you? How do you feel about Dungey just doing the post race press conferences and not being available to talk other than that? Well, I mean, that's you know, I, I, I'm not saying like he should or shouldn't. I, I think he should, but I'm not right on that. You know, I'm not saying he's breaking any laws or rules or anything like that. I find it strange. I do. I find it strange. We're never going to find out what the genesis of this press conference deal was. Um, you know, Sells is saying that the teams asked, and then the teams are saying, no, we were never even told about this. And most of this press conference thing has been fixed. But a few little things at the beginning, no one has ever fessed up. You know, was it... Was it KTM and Honda saying, Dungeon Rocks and get talked to by everybody. Can you please help us cut back a little bit or or not? So I don't know. And then even if it is, let's say it is KTM making that request. Is that KTM just looking out for Dunge? Is that Dunge saying, hey, team, can you guys help me not have to do an hour worth of interviews after the race? And we're never going to get the answer on that. Uh, fingers pointing in opposite directions. When, yeah, uh, no, and look, happened. look, um, you can't text LeBron and get him. To, you know, you don't get LeBron James uh, outside of no. you know those media opportunities. But I, and it's not just yeah. me. Like I've asked Transworld and LeBig and uh, Vital and our, our Racer X guys. Hey, you talked to Dunge at all? Have you talked to Dunge at all? Nope, 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 nope. Have you tried? Yep, 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 yep. And just nothing. So, at what point do you do you just if you're KTM or whatever you just say yeah he's talking for a minute and a half if he makes the podium and that's it. Now again, right wrong I yeah I can't say he's not bringing rules so whatever it's up to him. I just find it strange. I find it strange yeah, I don't that know what it is like yeah. I, I uh, after Daytona. Um, New Kyle was in the press conference, so I'm like, I'm just going to get some other notables. Like, okay, we got Osborne, who wasn't on the podium, but he's a points leader. Um, then some other guy, Barsha, won a heat race. So I'm like, I'll get Barsha. And then I'm also, I'm like, I got to get Marvin Dunge. And I found Marv. And not only did I not see Dunge, but I asked, yeah, a big French yeah. journalist. And he's like, uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to be seeing him. And I was kind of surprised. I'm like, really? Like, that? Yeah, like that crazy? But I didn't realize this has been like a thing all year. Yeah, yeah. Because again, you don't go to the races, but like he's right. just not right. talking, not getting back to people, and just so whether that's a conscious decision by him or his crew or whatever, no problem. I find it a bit strange in our little small niche sport. Like, you know, you think you would 
And, and maybe it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I hate Mathis or I don't like Mathis, so I'm not going to talk to But nobody, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm, Because I would like to read some interviews with him or watch some video ones if anybody can get him to go into more detail. And there's nothing out there and nobody can seem to get it. Well, I mean, I got a great interview with him on uh, Friday in Dallas. I mean, yeah, it's spectacular. Best, best interview he's ever done. What are you talking about? <laughs> now, of course, we didn't talk about current day Supercross at all. Yeah, is that is that a problem? You know, I think everyone listening to this is probably like, "See, that's another sign something's wrong." He doesn't want to have to talk to the media. I, I suspect that this press conference, certain riders, is going to help them not have to do all these interviews. I suspect that that plan was put in motion well before the season, and the results of Dungeon getting is probably not helping, mm-hmm. but I believe that was the plan regardless. Like, he was dominating and everything was going great. Yeah, uh, but like, what I kind think of, this was already the plan. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I shake my head a bit at that plan, you know, um, but hey, whatever. Yeah, it's not, you know, like, I don't make any money off the interviews, and, and people don't, you know, so it doesn't really affect me or the media. Right. It, I yeah. just find it a bit head-scratching. I'm like, huh. If I'm KTM and I'm Red Bull and I'm Fox, but no, nah, yeah, everybody's cool with it, so whatever. So we're really not well, going to get to the bottom of like, hey, Ryan, like what is going on? Press conference-wise, you can ask in the press conference, but it's basically limited to you know a couple minutes. Yeah, and it's never the same. Um, no. It's never as easy to ask the tough questions in a room. I mean, no, not or Cooksey tried it uh, at Glendale, and I think it might be it. Like, I think he just had a heart attack and his heart just exploded. Like, he tried to ask the, there is no crown question. And you just saw, like, not only did the riders unload on Cooksey, but it was like everybody in the room, I kind of felt like everybody was like, this guy's crazy. But he was asking the question that everybody. Well, the question, they misunderstood the question. They absolutely misunderstood. They misunderstood the question. And that's what I'm saying. Like, in a one-on-one, he could have fixed that. He yeah. could have said, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wait, no, that's not what I meant. But you can't fix it yeah. when the rider has the microphone in front of the room, so you just, yeah, it wouldn't work. I mean, you hear a pin drop if somebody just said, Ryan, is something wrong? Yeah. I, I would. Balls? I, I keep. You want me to do that? You want me to bring it? You know, just bring that in Detroit this weekend? Just bring it. Yeah, bring it, bro. Um, just bring it. <laughs> I just want, yeah. and I keep searching for Vital or Transworld or whatever to be like, what? It, let's get in depth here. What's going on? Like, what's happening? You know, not that he's going to break down and tell you and everything else, but you know, we've known him well enough over the years that maybe we can glean something from it or learn something from it. But there hasn't been much there. Um, all right, Bogle and Canard. Bogle was sick all week. Didn't ride. Brayton was oh. sick too. Uh, Bogle dropped back pretty far, which I guess his team was like, "Yeah, that's kind of, you know, he was sick, and but at least he made the main, and you know, but he was battling tickle for a long time, out just around nine ten spot, and then fell back. He's have his tough year continues, although before he got tired, he was riding pretty well. So I'm actually glad to know he's sick because he's had so many frustrating incidents here with uh, run-ins with Marv, mm-hmm. uh, run-ins with. Uh, Barsha, then not making the main, and then the way that battle ended, where he was like battling Tickle, and then he ended up getting the short end of the stick, and then yeah. going way back. I'm like, dude, this guy's going to be suicidal. So I'm glad to know. <laughs> yeah, and no, the reason. Yeah, he was sick. So, um, yeah. All right, I think that's about it. Yep, that's all we got. So, uh, right. stay tuned. This thing's getting interesting, man. This is really getting interesting. Uh, Tomac, Marv. And hey, Webb comes back in this week, and you know he's going to come in with probably top five speed. So, 
Yeah, and I think it's almost a lucky break that uh, a couple of other, like Anderson, for example, just hasn't had any starts. Like you would assume that if Anderson started there, he would be maybe a tough customer as well, but I don't know, maybe not. But um, And Baggett with a couple of these falls. A couple of things have made the not-so-great nights yeah. turn out to be not quite as bad as they uh, could be. Yep. But I don't know. Yep. I mean, tell Max one mistake away. That's that's the dangerous part. He's definitely in position. But if he has one bad race, it's over. So that's the problem. Yep. No, absolutely. Yep. All right, everybody, the fly race. That's why we don't need a chase format. There's, no, don't need a, there's no. no crown. There's I no crown. Need a chase format. There's no crown. There's no crown. There's no crown. You don't need a chase format because this is the way uh, season only works out like this. <laughs> These last races are going to be phenomenal every year. Every year it's just yes, down that's, to the wire. That's the way it works. Yeah, right. absolutely. I, yeah. yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, FlyRacing.com, RacerX podcast, the Indianapolis Supercross Race Review. I'm Steve Mathis. That's Jason Wygant, who's actually going to be at the races from now on, at least the next three. So uh, thanks, Weege. All right, man. See ya. Uh, see ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse. You know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. 
stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,